You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, I wanted to go over a few things that have been swirling around in my head when it comes to meeting and approaching and talking to women in person. And it's kind of like this new mindset that I've been thinking of. And I came up with this uh, just last week when I was coaching some clients. And I said, you know what, this is something that I feel like every guy has to know. And of course, I like to bring some of my my new mindsets, new thoughts, little revelations that I'm having when I'm talking to others and teach you. So that's why it's called Why Failure is the Key to Winning with Women. So here's the idea, is that when you are going on dates, when you're going out to do approaches to talk to women in person, before you even start any of this, you have to remember that you have to be willing to fail. Okay, so let me say this to you. You need to be willing to fail. If you're not willing to fail, and I'm, I'm using fail in, in quite the negative term here, but it's the only one that I know people will relate to, so that's why I'm using it. So if you're not willing to fail, then you just have no business in doing any of this. Any of this meaning going out, talking to women, doing approaches, going on dates. If you're striving for perfection, and you're not willing to fail, this is not going to work for you. Most guys go into this trying to avoid failure, or we'll say specifically trying to avoid rejection. When you go up to a woman and you're talking to her and she says, I have to go, and you guys are not talking to each other anymore, that moment right there is the moment that guys are trying to avoid the most, or maybe the moment where you're going up to a girl and you're talking to her, but then all of a sudden you say something that you feel is the wrong thing to say and you feel embarrassed or you're afraid that people are going to be watching you and you feel this negative emotion and you start to think that you screwed up, right? I.e. failure. So if you're not willing to fail, if you're not willing to get rejected, then you need to just give up now because this game is not for you. And that's the whole idea here. And I've said this to multiple of my coaching clients and it has helped them. But of course, I know it's not everything, but I want this to be the mindset that you have all the time, that you have to be okay with screwing up. And I know that sounds, you know, kind of like, whoa, that sounds really intense to some people. Some people might think that's, I don't know, that's, that's really, uh, that's really harsh, but really it's quite the opposite because what I want you to do, I want you to be able to go out with this mindset that, hey, okay, if I fail, that's okay, because this is what I've been trying to do in the first place, is I'm trying to win. So now that I know that failure or rejection or whatever it may be is part of it, then maybe this is going to be a little bit easier. It's interesting because I know I've said this before. This is something that I have said uh, many times before, and just saying it now in a different way in a way where I feel maybe this is something that could relate to you or some people where it hasn't clicked with them yet. And again, we're talking about your willingness to fail and being okay with that. And so the reason why is because you know that anything that you try, anything that you do that's brand new, that you're trying out, that you're trying to get better at, right? anything that you're doing there, you're not going to succeed in right away. It's going to take time. You're going to screw up. There's no such thing as perfection. 
So it's one's willingness to fail that is going to give them the strength to actually succeed. Again, I'll say this in another way, that you have to be okay with screwing up because then that's going to get you to take action. And the only way to succeed in this game is taking action. Podcasts help. Even coaching helps. Reading a book helps. Going through a video course helps, right? All the stuff that I do have and other things that you can find on the internet, blog posts, whatever. But at the end of the day, this is going to be up to you. So a book, a podcast, a coaching call, all it can do is push you, motivate you, give you the right tools, which is huge, right? That's that's a big part of it. But it's all going to come back to you. Are you going to be able to finally make the move? Are you going to be able to say, hey, I'm going to go out there and I might fail, but I'm willing to fail. I'm willing to give it a shot today. I'm willing to get rejected. I'm willing to go through a tough approach because eventually I want to succeed. And then here's the real deal with it all is in the end, it's not failing. It's not failing because you're taking action. The only way you truly fail is by not taking action, by sitting at home and doing nothing, by listening to yet another podcast, even the How to Talk to Girls podcast, and doing nothing. I love that you listen. I love that you tune in. I see all the numbers. I see all the countries. I know where all you guys are listening from. I mean, not specific people, of course, but I have the numbers of how many people are listening, where they're from. I know there's a lot of you out there. And I want this to be the podcast that changes your life. And it's only going to change your life if you do something with the material that I give you. I want this to actually work for you. And in order for it to work, you have to make it happen. But it all starts with your willingness to fail. So do you understand now that any way that you can get yourself out there to approach women and to go on more dates is going to be the win in itself. Of course, there is the next level too, right? It's like you got to be going out. You got to be talking to women, doing the approaches, getting over the fear. But then you have to also be what? Be implementing anything you need to implement to continuously get better at approaching and talking to women, right? So you need to be getting better at that and looking back. That's the next step. So I don't want to get you know, two ahead of myself here. Let's just stick with one kind of thing at a time. But know that it all starts with you pushing yourself, getting out there, taking the first step. If you need to come back to this episode and listen to it again and again and download it to your Spotify, your Apple, wherever you're listening from, then do it. I want this to be the episode or at least one of the many that pushes you and motivates you to get out there. All right, what do you say we get into some questions now? Let's answer some questions from people who have emailed in. And of course, you can email in too. Just email me, trip at tripadvice.com. Put in the subject line podcast question, and I will answer your podcast question here on the podcast. So email me, and you'll know exactly kind of what questions are being answered here. So it will give you a good idea, and we'll get into that right now. But before we do, of course, I got to tell you about the fact that you have an opportunity to do coaching with me. What does that mean? That means that you and I can hop in a phone call every single week and we can talk about how to set up a full plan for you to get you out there doing the approaches, talking to women, getting better at the approaches, and then getting numbers, getting more dates, and sleeping and dating with the women that you actually want to be with. So that is possible for you. 
in the coaching program that I have provided. It is called the Trip Advice Accelerator Program, and I also have a mastermind program as well. And you can apply today at coachedbytrip.com. Again, that's coachedbytrip.com. Check that out today, and you can apply, and you and I can hop on a phone call, and we can see if coaching is a good fit for you. Go to coachedbytrip.com and apply today to join this program. I know it's not for everybody, so that's why you're gonna have to apply to see if it is something that you are willing to join. And there'll be a lot of information there at coachedbytrip.com. As you can hear, by the way, my voice is a little scratchy. I sound like I'm very tired. I'm actually not tired. I have lots of energy, but my voice has been a little scratchy because I'm doing so much talking over the past couple days. So um, yeah, just bear with me while I try to, get rid of this scratchy voice with some some water and tea and things I'm doing on my end. But of course, I, I can't let a podcast go. Got to make sure I'm getting these out to you every single week. And I want to keep on getting these out to you. So that's why sometimes you got to do it when you got to do it. All right, let's go into the Q&A where I'm going to be answering your questions here on the podcast. And I even like to just answer them right off the cuff. I don't prepare for any of this. The questions are put on a sheet for me from my amazing assistant, and now I get to read them and just go ahead and answer them. So let's do it. First question is from Matt, 36 years old from Ohio. He says, Trip, enjoy your show. As COVID continues to rage on with mandates and recommendations, what are your tips on approaching girls in public, grocery stores, department stores, etc., that may be wearing masks? Masks are mostly optional in my area of the country. Your thoughts? Thanks. Matt. Okay, Matt, good question. I know that I've answered a couple of questions here on COVID, uh, but really not enough because not a lot of people are asking about it, but there's really only so much to say, which I'll be saying right now. So first I want to, I just want to talk about this. So remember when it comes to COVID, I want you to do whatever you want to do in terms of your comfortability, right? So if you're on one end of the spectrum where you're fully vaccinated and you're just like, nope, I don't care. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm good. I'll talk to anyone. That's fine. You do you. If you are, uh, you know, fully masked up and you're saying, you know, I'm vaccinated or not vaccinated, but I wear a mask and I don't want to talk to anyone to potentially get COVID again, that's up to you. So you do you on your COVID sensitivity. But if you're like Matt here, where it sounds like he is comfortable doing approaches in public, grocery stores, department stores, et cetera, he says. How do you do it when they're wearing masks? So here's the thing. You don't need to do anything differently. The only issue would be is if you are not sure if this woman is someone who you're physically attracted to, right? You can't see all their face. But of course, there's a lot of times when you see a woman and you say, you know what, I think she's cute. You can kind of tell through the mask. So my recommendation for you is if you're comfortable doing approaches, then you should just do the approach. You just go up to them, you start the conversation, and nothing changes. You talk to them through the mask because as of now, this is the new normal, especially here in America. People are wearing masks quite a bit, and every city has different mandates. I know here in Chicago, you're supposed to wear a mask pretty much anywhere that you go that is indoors. So what I'm saying to you is you don't need to do anything different, okay? You still approach them, give them a little bit of space, but technically you're doing that anyways. You're still going to give a little bit of space. You always were, okay? A little bit of space when you are talking to them. You're not going to be right in front of them. Of course, you might be doing that at a bar, but if you're at a bar, chances are it's probably people not wearing masks, uh, depending on where you are exactly. But I know that there's a lot of bars where people are not wearing masks. So 
you're going to be close to them anyways, again, to your comfortability. But I would assume that if a woman is not wearing a mask, she's in a bar, you want to talk to her, you can get up to her and you can do the approach. And if she's wearing a mask, she's in a department store and you want to talk to her, just do it. Just do it. Talk to her. Of course, you're not going to get as close and do everything the same as you would if she wasn't wearing a mask and COVID didn't exist. All right, here comes another one. Hey, Trip, I'm a 28-year-old male living in a major city, currently dating very actively. I discovered your podcast recently, and it's been a massive help with my dating life. I've been on more dates the past few months than I ever have been, sometimes two to three dates per week. My biggest struggle is escalating, building sexual tension, and having conversations that are non-platonic. Every first date revolves around the same typical conversation of getting to know each other, and I find it hard to make it sexual or be flirty when a girl's telling me about her job or hobbies. I mean, getting to the second and third dates, but at this point, I expect us to start becoming physical, which isn't happening, and I know for a fact that the issue is my platonic conversations and inability to escalate despite knowing what to do in theory. It's in practice where I'm struggling. It's less me being nervous, it's more so the timing, knowing when to do it and how to be creative enough to think of original things to say on my feet when the conversation is completely non-sexual. Any advice would be greatly appreciated and keep up the great work as far as the content goes. Thanks, Anonymous. All right, this is a great question and I feel like this question comes up a lot also with my coaching clients and I'm gonna tell them what I tell you. When it comes to escalating, building sexual tension, you do not need to focus on this as much as you actually think you do when it comes to first, second, and third dates. But let me be more specific here, okay? Because I know this this is a big question. There's a lot here. In terms of escalating, I know what you're thinking. When you think escalating, you think, okay, I need to have some sort of touch move that bridges the gap between we are not touching to now we are making out having sex, Okay. You don't need that. Now, if it happens, if it naturally happens in conversation where you just feel this urge to break the touch barrier, you know, maybe your hand ends up touching her arm or maybe you end up giving her a hug or something. I don't know. If it comes up naturally in conversation, of course, I know a lot of people who listen to this, that's, you know, it's not naturally happening. So you're looking for some sort of technique or method, but understand that you do not need to escalate. You can go completely no touch before a kiss. So you don't need some sort of escalation process. Okay, you don't need a physical escalation process to get to the point where you guys are making out. You do need to kiss and make out before you end up having sex. Of course, that would be the escalation process. You do need an escalation process of kissing to sex, but from nothing to kiss, you don't necessarily need anything. And that's what's happening on first, second, third dates. So instead, you need to get to the point where you're just getting physical by going for a kiss. So our anonymous says, he's been getting the second and third dates, but at this point, I expect us to start becoming physical, which isn't happening. Well, you need to be going for a kiss. So we'll start there, and then I'll go back to the conversation and the flirting and the building sexual tension. But in terms of physicality, you do not need to do it. I've been on many a dates where I sit across from the person, there is zero touching, and we end up kissing. My clients have gone through the same exact thing. So don't overthink that. And it's a problem because if you're overthinking it, and that means you're not present in the conversation, and that's gonna hurt the connection between you two, okay? So that's physical escalation. Now, 
when it comes to having conversations that are non-platonic, first of all, just understand that no matter what, that is going to happen on a first date, especially if you're meeting this girl from online dating. So that means that you're meeting her from online dating and you basically know absolutely nothing about her. So it's going to be very platonic, okay? It is going to be like that. It is going to be like that, okay? So be okay with that happening. And when it comes to flirting, think about it more in your tonality, okay? So I talk about this in the TED formula. So we're talking about tension, which is your tonality, talking in a downward tonality, not a deep tonality, a downward tonality, where at the end of the sentence, it goes down in inflections. You're not like, so where do you work? And, you know, what do you do for fun? It's, where do you work? What do you do for fun? You're going down an inflection at the end of the sentence. It's a more commanding and more attractive tone. So that's what you want to do there. You also want to have good eye contact. So your eyes speak its own language to her. The way that you look at her, it's like its own little language of connection. So you want to have that, and that's going to build sexual tension. In terms of the things that you say, you can tease her a couple times on some of the things that she says. You can even do this thing called future pacing, where you pretend that, you know, maybe she says something and you guys are getting along. You know, let's say that she uh, really likes to, I don't know, travel to Australia. And you can say to her, oh, wow. Okay, so you like traveling to Australia. I want to go to Australia. You and me, what we're going to do is every single year, we're going to go for there for a full month and we're just going to relax and we're just going to take a load off and travel around, et cetera, et cetera. You get the idea. So future pacing is one. And that's pretty much it. I mean, like a little, you know, a couple teases here and there, you know, maybe a very, very, very light compliment, but also combined with push-pull. So you can say, you know what, I think you and I would get along. In fact, I think we're getting along. But I don't know, you did say that you like country music and I kind of hate country music. So, you know, maybe not. In fact, we should just end this date right now, right? So you're kind of pushing and pulling, teasing, giving good eye contact. That's enough to build sexual tension. But even if you're not building sexual tension through your language, at least you're doing it with your eyes. At least you're doing it with your tonality. Combine the language in there and that should be just enough. So try that out. And I want you to also check out my Hooked program because you can get some more information there on on flirting, even though I just kind of gave away some of the good ones right there, of course. But uh, you can check out my Hooked program at getherhooked.com and you can get a full program that teaches you more about flirting and building some of the sexual tension and how to wrap it all together. But I'm, I'm sure, Anonymous, if you just add some of those in there, you should be fine. I wonder... Also, if you're not even going for the kisses, I feel like you're you're thinking it's very platonic and then you're not going for the kiss or you're not even trying to do that. So when you do that, it could be anywhere in the middle of the date to the end of the date. Timing, if you're not sure, if it doesn't feel right, just go at the end of the date. And that's it. That's it. That's all you need to know. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't think of too many flirting techniques. I don't want this to be a... Uh, calculated kind of thing, okay? The more calculated you are, the less present you are, and that causes a problem. All right, let's go to the next one. Mm-hmm. 
This is from Shane. What's up, Trip? I love your work. Been a listener for over a year. Here's my scenario. Six years ago, I split from a relationship and spent the next six years recreating myself. Left the military, moved home, lost almost 80 pounds, stopped drinking, and spent time facing demons. Today, my ideologies and outlook on the world have made me feel undateable. I'm 36, stable job, in a factory, don't drink, don't party, have no social circle, and spend most of my life outside of work in my own company, homebody slash introvert. I told you all that because here is where I hit a wall. I don't want children or want to be with someone who has them. I no longer believe in marriage. I'm anti-vax and refuse to wear a mask. I knew having these decisions came at a cost, and I'm okay with that. But now I don't know where to turn. I haven't been on a date in nine years and don't know what to do. Any advice is welcome, Shane. Shane, first of all, you are a very good candidate for coaching. So I highly recommend if you are listening to this, go to coachedbytrip.com. And I want you to apply because so far everything you're saying is exactly what I help guys with. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to answer your question. Of course, I'm going to answer your question, even though you didn't really have a question. But you said, uh, except for what's up, Trip, that was your question. But you said you don't know what to do. So here's the reality of your situation. You are basically making your pool of women that you're interested in smaller. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad or good thing. Everything I'm about to say right now has no judgment attached to it. I'm just telling you the objective facts here, okay? Here are the facts. You are looking for a woman who does not want kids, does not want to get married, is okay with you being anti-vax, and that's a very small pool, okay? So you're basically looking, well, it's interesting. I'm not even sure what you're looking for. So if you don't want marriage, it sounds like you just, I'm, I'm guessing here because you didn't write this in the email, that you just want to date and sleep around and that's it? Because if you want to do that, that's easy, by the way. Okay, that's easy. So you have a narrow pool for relationship. Again, if that's what you want, I'm not sure. But if you want to just date and sleep around, it shouldn't be too hard. Again, it's hard for me to know exactly what you want because you wouldn't be complaining too much, I would think, if you know you were just looking to sleep around. I don't even know why you would care if someone had children or not, or believed in marriage or not, if you just wanted to have fun and have casual relationships. But if you are just looking for a relationship with someone who doesn't want that, your pool is small. Doesn't mean it's not out there, but it's small. So I don't know what to tell you what to do here. You got to loosen up. Something has to give. I tell guys to use the three non-negotiables, okay? So the three non-negotiables. So those three non-negotiables for you could be someone who doesn't have kids, and doesn't want kids, doesn't believe in marriage, and is anti-vax, and you'll be able to sleep with those women if you'd like. So that shouldn't be too hard, but those three non-negotiables have definitely made your pool small. So what you're asking for is some sort of miracle here. There's no good answer to give you other than you need to open up your pool. So I don't know if that's the problem or what you said earlier, you don't drink, you don't party, you have no social circle, So it's either that your pool is too small and or, and or, okay, 
you are not leaving your home. So it's really, I mean, it's quite amazing. Like, look at you. You lost 80 pounds. You stopped drinking. You, you faced your demons. You seem like a great guy. You seem like you're in a stable job. You're not a party animal. Okay, so you're an introvert. That's fine. You seem like a guy who would be able to attract a really good woman or at least to sleep around. So my advice to you, Shane, is you got to think about what you want and maybe write back and have a question because I don't really know what your question is. But what is it that you want? Do you want to sleep around? Do you want to get into something serious? And if you want to be something serious, you might have to open up your possibilities because you're looking for a relationship with a girl who doesn't want to get married. And I'm not saying that's not possible, but it's small. It's a small pool. Now, hey, listen, maybe that pool is bigger than I think. I'm not 100% sure. It's just more of a hunch, but you haven't gone out and even tried to do anything about it. So my thing is, Shane, is I think the real problem is you're not getting yourself out there. You're not going out there. You're not approaching. You're not getting on dating apps. You know, you're not necessarily, I don't know, maybe you're not taking the advice or you are taking the advice on the podcast or you haven't got the hooked program. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing with the information, but it sounds like you're not doing anything with it. So I gave you a lot of different options here. I'm trying my best with people who write in emails and, and don't give um, enough detail in some of the questions, but that's okay. I think you have all the options now and, and hopefully you have a good idea of where you need to start. Get out there, simple as that, start dating, see if you can find that person and figure out what exactly it is that you want and try to widen your pool just a drop. Let's do one more here. Dear Trip. I have a question you may need some time to think about how to answer. Let's see if he's right. You talk about religion rarely in your content. I'm wondering why you haven't talked about it more. It is relevant since you have said to not be with someone who has strong religious differences, and religion may impact people's conversations with sex before marriage, etc. Some men could also be insecure if they are confused and don't know what to believe, and that insecurity can be a turnoff to women. What advice would you give men to figure this out? Because religious beliefs are a big factor in meeting women and an individual's confidence in oneself. Maybe sharing your personal story would be a good way to start answering the question. You're a deep guy, and I appreciate your thoughts. Thanks, Connor. This is an awesome question, Connor. Okay, so you're asking, what advice would you give men to figure out what their religious beliefs are? I can give you my opinion. Of course, I guess a lot of this is opinion in a sense. Um, so I can give you my opinion on this, and I, and I will tell you a little bit about my background and, and my beliefs in that. So I just want to read this over again. So you first asked, I'm wondering why you haven't talked about it. Well, I think one of the reasons why I haven't talked about it is because from what I know, a lot of the people who listen to my stuff are not religious. However, I do work with clients who have been uh, Mormons, Orthodox Jews, and even people who are loyal to um, the Catholic Church, as well as people who are very Christian. So I have worked with many people who are religious, and I do not turn them away. I, I, I love working with those people because they know what they want, and we can find that. But you're not asking that. You're trying to trying to figure out how does a guy figure out what their religion is or what they believe in? And this is a great question. The problem with the getting the opinion from me is that it is going to be one's personal journey to go through. So the most I could say to this is, if you're confused on whether or not God exists, 
What I think you should do is I think you should do more research into other types of religions, into being agnostic, into atheism. I think that you should be going through and seeing what works for you and what seems to follow your moral guidelines and what is it that resonates with you the most. If you're confused on whether or not God exists, I don't know if I have an answer for you on how to figure that out. I'm a dating coach. I do think I'm a deep guy, um, but I'm not sure. So I don't know if I would say I'm stumped here. It's just one that I haven't really given advice on about how to find yourself through religion and whether or not you believe in if you should have uh, faith or if you should have some sort of beliefs on sex before marriage or not or whatever that is. I'm not sure. The only thing I know is doing research and figuring out what resonates with you the most. I go by the moral guidelines of if you're not hurting anybody and you're not doing anything illegal, then you can do whatever you want. So that's my general moral guidelines. That's something I teach guys when it comes to you know, approaching women because I found that approaching women for guys is so hard that they feel like they're doing something wrong. And I say, well, are you hurting someone? No. Is it illegal? No, you can do it. Okay. I mean, I'd be lying if I've said I've never done anything illegal before. Of course, you know, there. we can start with the fact that I've, I've smoked weed back before it was it was illegal in, uh, in different states. It's just crazy now how when I was much younger, smoking weed was this crazy bad drug you know, you'd smoke in college and I'd smoke in high school from time to time. And and now it's just all of a sudden legal in, in many states, especially in, in Illinois. But anyway, uh, my personal story is I was raised reformed slash conservative Jew. So I did believe in God for many years of my life, probably all the way up to 16. In fact, my brother at the time was getting really into religion and he was way more religious than I was. And so I was, of course, affected by that. When your older brother's doing something, you kind of tend to follow, right? So I got a little bit more into religion, really believed in God. And it wasn't until my late high school, early college years, so 17 to, I'd say, eh, well, yeah, even into my late college years. So 18 to about 22, 23 years old, I started to learn more about evolution, evolutionary theory, evolutionary biology, Darwinism, read a lot of uh, Richard Dawkins stuff. So people who were, who are atheists. And I started to read about that and that started to resonate with me more. So this is more personal. So what I'm about to say right now is a personal anecdote, which Connor has definitely inspired here. And that has nothing to do with what I'm telling you to do. So just a little disclaimer there. But I, I decided that I thought that God to me was something that was meant to put a lot of fear in you and a lot of judgment. And it didn't make sense to me how, you know, God could let some things that are bad happen in the world and other things that are good, but then you should still have faith. It confused me to the point where it felt like my life was not better because of having God in my life. It felt restricted. It felt more tough. It felt like it wasn't the kind of life I wanted to lead. There was so much guilt and not enough evidence for me to believe that there was a God that existed. 
So as I read more into science and scientific literature, I ended up becoming more atheist over the years. And just to fast forward a little bit, now I would consider myself an atheist agnostic, or I don't know if it's called agnostic atheist, someone who I guess believes more in the idea that uh, of science and evolution, but also who knows why it's here. So I'm kind of claiming that like, I don't know if there is some sort of God or some higher being that created this, or maybe it's some sort of simulation, I don't know. That's kind of where the agnostic part comes from. But I do not believe in the monotheistic God, such as uh, the God from Judaism, Christianity, Catholicism, things of that nature. If anything, I'm more uh, practiced Buddhism, not in the sense of going to a Buddhist temple and and that such, but the idea of being present and and thinking that the universe is is kind of all connected in one, things like that. So yeah, that's that's my story. And for you out there, all I can say is you got to live a life that's true to you. Maybe that has to do with religion or being religious, partially religious, maybe not religious at all, an atheist or agnostic. What feels right to you? What connects with you? What gives you the happiest life? If trying to do good deeds and get to heaven is what makes you happy, then by all means. If living a life without any sort of God in it makes you happier, then maybe that's for you. Maybe looking into all the different possibilities. Of course, it's endless, right? There's so many religions out there. But of course, you know which ones you'd be looking into. And you know and you would understand for yourself, if you're listening, what things to look into. But I would say that that might be something helpful. Maybe talking to one of your teachers, right? If you're Jewish, you'd be talking to a rabbi. If you're, if you're Catholic or Christian, you'd be talking to a priest. So maybe there's someone that you can talk to there and, and you can... Maybe, you know, they can help you relate to the situation that you're in and they can relate to you. So those are some of my thoughts. And I like this question because it was unique and something I don't talk about. But I also don't think that it's necessarily that insecure. You said some men could also be insecure if they are confused and don't know what to believe. And that insecurity can be turned off to women. I don't know if that insecurity is such a turnoff to women, even though it's funny. I just answered the whole question, but I could have just been simple and said, don't worry about it. But I, I don't think that's an insecurity that women are like, you know, unless unless you are looking for someone who's religious, like unless you're confused who you're looking for, like you do have to know who you're looking for. But if you're looking for whoever and you're just trying to figure it out, I think it's fine. Just understand that eventually you gotta know what you want because you need it, not because the insecurity portion, but because you wanna be with someone who's on your level so you know what kind of children to raise or whether or not you're gonna have sex before marriage. So it's not the insecurity that's the problem, it's just knowing who you're going to want to be with, and who's going to be a match. So there you go, Connor. Lots of thoughts there. And thanks for inspiring uh, some good thoughts on my behalf. Appreciate it. If you need help, whether you're religious or not religious, I help all people of all races, of all religions. And even though I know it seems like a lot of my stuff is, you know, just having sex with women, um, and I mean that in the sense where, you know, course, it's not just sleeping with women. I do talk about relationships quite a bit, but I do talk about sex before relationships. So even though I talk about that, that doesn't mean I don't help people who are religious. So that is something that I do help with because there's a lot of the same principles that you would be doing in building attraction, whether you are a Mormon, Christian, Jew, or any of the below or above. So if you need help, go to coachedbytrip.com and apply today. I would love to help you and I would love to get you to the point where 
you're having the type of dating life you want. And if you feel you need more help to figure out what it is that you're looking for, we can work on that in coaching as well. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all your questions. Email me, trip at tripadvice.com, subject line podcast question, if you need more help. Talk to you very soon.